Welcome to the Jesus Show. Not that one. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. This week we're going to open up, I'm going to open up the show. Uh, again, today's show is just me. No guest. Uh, it's just going to be you and me today. Alright, talk about some stuff. I'm going to start off by saying yesterday George Floyd's murder was convicted. Um, thankfully. It sucks that it took so long. Um, but... Uh, he was convicted, so it's good. I feel like I, I couldn't, not couldn't, I didn't want to start this week's podcast without acknowledging uh, something really big and important uh, happening in the world. Um, I just didn't want to gloss over it. I didn't feel comfortable just coming on like, hey, everybody poo buttholes and farts. Hey, let's talk about sock and comedy. I know a lot of people say, uh, you know, they try to get away from the real world. And I I don't feel that's necessarily uh, fair to other people. I know we all try to get our minds off of stuff. But to pretend things aren't happening, um, it's like my opinion is uh, we're, we're living in willful, willful ignorance, right? I think that's what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, anyways, so like I said, I just wanted to touch on that real quick. I'm happy he got convicted. Fuck that guy. Uh, Chauvin can burn in hell. And I think it's weird that there's a set of people in this world that saw that and go, oh, poor guy. I don't. I don't understand that. And not just people in the world, like other fellow Americans are like, no, oh, that's unfair to that cop. Huh? I don't know. I guess they're a certain kind of special. Like the kind of special that takes a short bus to school, maybe, wears a helmet. I don't know. Anyways, moving on. So... Guys, again, thank you for listening. Thank you for coming back every week. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, The Jesus Show NTO, Twitter, Jesus Show NTO, YouTube, The Jesus Show NTO, Facebook, I think. Oh, yeah, I have a Facebook now. Hey, surprise. Allie made it for me. My producer said I needed one, so I got one. Uh, she made it, she put all the stuff on there. She runs, she runs most of my stuff. The only thing I really have a hold on or that I run is my Instagram. Uh, I don't know how to do all the other stuff. And I, I don't know if it's, I don't know how to do it or if I kind of don't want to because, oh, she also made me a TikTok. So TikTok and Facebook Fuck, I think she said it's all spelled out. The Jesus Show, not that one. I'll put it in the description. Um, but yeah, if you guys can follow me, like uh, the stuff that we post, uh, write a review on whatever platform you listen to the show on, um, even comment on the YouTube stuff. And yeah, it just helps the show grow. 
um, it helps me hopefully start getting some advertisers to come in and then I can pump some money into the show and uh, hopefully just get better content for you guys. Because again, without you, I would be nothing. I would just be some weird guy talking in his spare room, which I call the studio. Um, yeah. Yeah, and those are cops <laughs> driving by. Um, yeah, and then maybe I can get better insulation so you guys don't hear things like that. So, yeah. Moving on. I don't know how many of you guys follow soccer, um, but this weekend was, I mean, so much happening in soccer. I was very excited because the MLS is back, uh, Major League Soccer. I was very excited. Uh, AJ De La Garza, one of my really good friends, he's playing for a new team, the New England Revolution. Hey. Um, so I was excited to watch that game. He didn't play. Uh, but just because he doesn't play doesn't mean I don't follow his team. Uh, Cecilio Dominguez, uh, my other friend, and our other friend Hector, they're both on Austin FC. They played LAFC. They went to LA to play. And that was exciting to watch. Uh, what other game did I watch? I think the only one I didn't watch was a Nashville game. Nashville versus somebody. I don't know. I mean, I should have been more prepared, right? Because I'm trying to talk to you guys about it. Uh, real quick, I want to talk about the New England Revolution Chicago Fire game. New England went to Chicago and they played at Soldier Field. And early on, the fire looked really good. Like they were pressing, they were attacking. And for a moment, I thought, holy shit, like they look really good. They went up 2 0. I want to say they went up 2 0. 15 minutes into the game, uh, me and Allie were driving to go see Cassidy and her boyfriend in uh, Torrance. Uh, this past weekend, we were at my mom's house. It was her birthday Monday, uh, and she had a party on uh, Sunday. So we were out there for that, and we got to go see Cass and her boyfriend, which was really nice. We went to a brewery. I can't remember which brewery we went to. Anyways. On the way there, I'm watching the game. I made Allie drive because, God forbid I drive when there's a soccer game that I need to watch. And Allie at one point goes, oh, how's the game going? And I went, no, it's all right. She's like, oh, what's the score? And I went, 2-0. She went, what? I was like, yeah. So I was a little like, fuck. And then out of nowhere, New England just turned it on. And they scored two of their own goals to tie it. And it looked like... It looked like New England was going to, I thought for a moment, I was like, oh shit, are they going to win like 4-2? Uh, but it stayed tied 2-2. Uh, but it was good because the guys went down and they fought back to tie it. So that was nice. Uh, like I said before, AJ didn't play, which I was disappointed. I'm always disappointed if he doesn't play. Uh, if any of my friends don't start and they're not playing, I'm like, mm. But I still watch the game because, again, I want to support the team. And I want to know what's going on uh, during the season with their particular teams. Uh, so, yeah, they were on the road. They got a point, which was good. Uh, it's better than a loss. And I think it's hopefully next week they'll uh, they play at home. New England does. And hopefully they can secure those three points. 
And then Cecilio Dominguez and Hector Jimenez, who are both on Austin FC, they went into town to play LAFC. And I got to watch that game on TV. Um, it was really cool to see Cecilio. I met Cecilio. Have I told you guys how I met Cecilio? Maybe not. Let me tell you how I met Cecilio. Um, Jonah, which you guys know by now who that is. Uh, my buddy Jonah, he invited me, fuck, maybe five years ago? I think it was maybe five years ago. He invited me to go see, um, to go meet Pablo, Pablo Aguilar, Bruno Valdez, um, who at the time they were playing for America. So he goes, hey, uh, you want to go see the guys? And I was like, yeah, okay. And at the time, I really didn't know who America was because I don't, I didn't, I don't, at the time, I didn't follow Liga Max, the Mexican league. So I thought, yeah, cool. Okay. That sounds fun. So we go to their hotel and there's a shit ton of people out there. You know, they're, you know, yelling people's names and anybody that had an America like polo or jacket on, they were screaming and they were, you know, they thought it was a player or somebody. So I thought to myself like, oh man, like, this is pretty intense. I had never seen anything like that. So as we're walking up into the hotel, the guy, one of the security guys goes, you guys can't come in. And we're like, but why are we going to see our friends? I mean, I'm saying we're going to see our friends. I've never met these guys, but I wasn't going to go, oh, I'm going to go meet some strangers. Hey, let me in. So I was like, no, we're going to go meet some friends. And somebody came down to get us in the lobby. Like when you come into the hotel to the right, all of a sudden the uh, elevator, elevator bank is there. So somebody was like, oh, they're with us. So we go, we go up and we get to whatever floor it was and we're, we're passing each room and the whole floor is designated for all these players. And again, I had, I've never seen anything like that before. So I was like, oh, this is cool, interesting. So we're passing by and I see Uribe Peralta, Uribe Peralta, which I have, I've seen him on TV before. And I knew, oh, he plays for the Mexican national team. Like he's scored against the U.S. men's national team. Like I know who this guy is. So in my head, I'm like, holy shit, that's really cool. And he says hi to Jonah, like, oh, hey. I'm like, uh, okay, you you know that guy? And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, he's really cool. Okay, cool. Uh, thank you for giving me a fucking warning. So we keep going. We get into uh, Pablo's room. So we say hi. I say hello. So I meet Pablo, Bruno, and Cecilio. And Cecilio's, uh, he's pretty quiet. I'm pretty quiet. When I meet new people, I'm usually pretty quiet. Because um, I don't want to just start talking and like, I don't know. I, sometimes I feel like I could be too loud sometimes or sometimes I can talk too much. So usually for the first couple times I meet somebody new, I kind of like shut up. So I'm just sitting there and they're playing FIFA and Cecilio goes, oh, you want to play? And I'm like, ah, I'm really not that good. He's like, oh, come on, play. I said, okay. So I start playing with them and, you know, it's a pretty good game. And, you know, I hear Jonah talking to the guys and, you know, they're just talking about 
you know, hey, how's life? You know, how you guys been? Blah, 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 blah. And then Jonah goes, hey, I'm going to go talk to some other players. Uh, I'll be right back. Are you good here? And I went, in my head, I'm thinking, don't fucking leave me here, dude. I don't, I don't know these people. But, you know, I was like, yeah, dude, I'm good. I mean, I'm an adult. It's, it's, I can take care of myself. So I said, yeah. So Jonah leaves and I'm just sitting there with Cecilio and we're just, we're not really saying much. We're just playing. And he's like, oh, good shot. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, good shot. Oh, that was a good, you know, you know, good defensive play. Same, ah, good defensive play. And then we start talking about, um, he goes, oh, wait, you're Cuban? I said, yeah. And he goes, oh, man, I'd love to go to Cuba. And I go, yeah, man. Um, I said, I want to go to Cuba, but I really kind of don't know how I feel about it because my parents grew up there. And Fidel Castro is a piece of shit. He's a dictator. He's, you know, I've heard nothing but bad things. And and then I'm like, now that his brother's there, um, like, do I want to go there? Like, I feel like I shouldn't, but I really want to go see where my grandmother and my grandfather and my mom, where they grew up, where they lived at one point. So, I mean, I'm not telling him all this, but I'm just kind of like, yeah, I want to go. So I'm having this like conversation inside my head and we just start talking. He's really, really cool guy. So then Jonah comes back maybe 20 minutes later and he's like, Hey, what are you guys talking about? We're like, Oh, we're going to go on vacation together. And he's like, huh? I was like, yeah, I mean, he's pretty cool. So I met him that first day and then the next day we took him out. Uh, we took them shopping or something. They wanted to go uh, somewhere to go shopping. So we took them there and, you know, we kept talking and I was like, oh man, this guy's really cool. So I ended up getting his number because he's like, oh, do you have WhatsApp? I didn't know what the, what the fuck WhatsApp was. So I downloaded, I get his number and then we would just randomly text each other. I'm like, hey man, how you doing? Uh, you know, how's, how's Mexico? you know, good luck with the game, just things like that. Just, you know, friendly things. And then we went to go see him out in Mexico. He was still playing for America. So we went down a couple times and we saw him when he played in TJ, we drove down to TJ to go see him. And it was really cool because each time he seemed genuinely, like I was genuinely excited to see him because I didn't see him all the time. And just, he's really cool to talk to. And it seemed like he was genuinely happy to see me, uh, which is nice. You know, if, if you're excited to see somebody, you want to feel like that person is excited to see you as well. So it was really cool. And then at one point, uh, after they won the championship, whatever year it was, um, he went to Argentina to play. And I was going to go down to Argentina to visit him for like a week. And a couple days before I went to go down to see him, I started feeling nauseous. Uh, I don't know why. Like it's like, I just get nauseous all of a sudden, or I was now it doesn't happen as frequently, but it kind of happens a little bit. It's really weird. I've seen a bunch of doctors and nobody can tell me what it is. Um, I think I might just have anxiety now, which is, I would never think in a million years I would have that, but don't know why I would be anxiety why I would have anxiety, right? Anyways, so that trip didn't go. And then he went, 
Where did he play after that? Oh, I think there was rumors. Hey, Cecilio Dominguez might be coming to America. And I was like, what? I don't know why the fuck I keep touching my nose. Sorry, guys. So finally, the news broke. Oh, he's going to Austin. Or no, I saw rumors and then I texted him. And he goes, yeah, they're going to announce it in, I think it was like two weeks. And I said, oh, shit. So you're coming to America? He goes, yeah. I was like, oh, dude, that'd be awesome because then I can see you a lot more. Um, so now that he's here in Austin, um, you know, I can hop a flight from here to there and see him. So I just thought it was cool that I got to know him down in Mexico playing for uh, a team in Mexico. And then now he's in MLS, uh, which I thought was really, really cool. So I'm, I'm very happy to have him playing in MLS and I'm happy that now the flight that I can take to go see him is a lot shorter <laughs> than like a 10 hour flight. So, um, yeah, all that to tell you that I watched the game. I thought Cecilio did pretty good. Uh, Hector didn't play, unfortunately. Uh, I was hoping he would go in, but they didn't put him in. Cecilio did pretty good. He had a couple chances uh, that I feel he could have turned into a goal, at least two, maybe one for sure. But they ended up losing 2-0. And, it, you know, it's only their first game, so, you know, there's, what, 30, 33 games left to go? So, but I feel like after this performance, I feel that they have a good foundation moving forward. So there's that. What else do I want to talk about? Oh, I saw the LA Galaxy Miami game, uh, David Beckham's team, which is the team AJ played for last year. The LA Galaxy went to Miami to play him. And for a moment, it looked like the Galaxy were picking up the same spot that they left off last year. Miami scored, right? Miami scored. Yes, Miami scored 1-0. LA Galaxy, Chitrit, Chicharito. Chitrit scored to make it 1-1. And then Miami scored again. And then Chitrit scored again. So it was 2-2. And then the LA Galaxy scored, I believe it was Sasha Kleshton. He scored to make it 3-2, and then the game was over. It was it was a pretty exciting game. Um, Beckham, for a moment, you know, he's in the stands. He's, you know, part owner, and he was like, yeah, they scored, get some. And in my head, I'm like, hey, Bex, relax. I love you, but relax. Um, yeah, they lost. Miami lost, the Galaxy won. So that was kind of cool. And then I was, it was a weird feeling because I find myself cheering for the LA Galaxy even though I think I've told you guys I believe I have I'm in this kind of like eh with the LA Galaxy because I let AJ go um but I was like yeah okay cool I want to see him win so they won uh so yeah that was that was interesting and then Sunday yeah that was the day of the Galaxy game Sunday um news broke that, who is it? Let, let me see if I get this right. Barcelona, Real Madrid, Chelsea, Man U, Man City, 
I think Tottenham, Milan, AC Milan, Juventus, I think Inter Milan also, AC Milan, Inter Milan. I think there's a couple uh, clubs I'm leaving out that they were creating a Super League. That was Sunday. There was so much outrage in the announcement by Tuesday. We woke up, me and Allie woke up, we took the boys for a walk. And, uh, you know, in the morning before we, like you guys know, we took them out for a walk. We always take them out for a walk before we feed them in the morning. Um, we've watched a couple Caesar Milan things that say, make your dogs earn their breakfast, like make them work for their food. Instead of, because for a while we were just waking up and then feeding them and then going for a walk, but they would usually not eat everything. They'd kind of only eat a little bit. So we changed it to now we wake up, we walk, we let them play a little bit. So we're usually at a house between 45 minutes to an hour. Then when we get back, we feed them. And for the most part, they'll eat everything. So we're at the dog park and I'm looking and then I get, um, you know, uh, a breaking news thing. And it says, you know, uh, I think Monday it was like, these two teams are pulling out from the European Super League. And then during the day, like two other teams, uh, they're starting the process. And then by Tuesday, everybody's almost out. And I think today, which is today is Wednesday, the only two teams who haven't acknowledged that they're leaving the Super League and believe, at least Real Madrid still believes their president's a fucking moron, but he believes um, it's still going to happen. So the only two teams that are still in it are Barcelona and Real Madrid. Everybody else has pulled out. So And the owners have issued apologies to the fans. Um, the fans got really pissed. As an outsider, I didn't like it. Um, now, I, I understand coming from someone excuse me, coming from someone who likes the MLS, who watches the MLS, who follows the MLS, the MLS is a closed league. For those who don't know what that means, it means you have the teams in the league and they're never, they're never re um, relegated. Meaning if you do poorly in the season for the next season, you don't get kicked out of MLS. Uh, in Europe, they have this thing where, you know, they have tiers. So you have the Premier League, and then you have, I believe, the championship, and then, you know, goes down. So the bottom three in the EPL, they get relegated to the championship, and then the top three performers from the championship go to the Premier League. So there's always new teams or, like, a team that hasn't been in the Premier League for like five, six, seven years, they, they come back and you're like, Oh shit. So there's a lot of incentive for these European clubs to do well. Um, and if you start, let's say you start in the third division, right? And you do well, and then you go to the second division and then the next year you don't do so well. So you go back to the third division and then you go back to the second division. These clubs have this rich history and it's, Let's get to the, to the, to the top tier. Let's get 
you know, let's play the best clubs in the world. So they have these, you know, not only do they have their club, but they have developmental clubs or developmental um, teams to get these, you know, young kids, push them through to the senior team, and then hopefully build that senior team up to a team that you can be uh, one of the Premier League teams. And then with this Super League, it would be the top richest teams going and playing each other every year with nobody being bounced out. It just seemed weird to me. Um, but again, MLS started as a closed league. So it's they've added teams, you know, expansion teams like this year. Austin FC is a new expansion team. So it's an addition uh, to the teams that are currently in there. But I mean, that's how America, that's how American sports are. Like in football, you have all the teams in there. You can have a team move cities, like the Raiders. They went from Oakland, now they're here in Vegas. Uh, you can, you can add a team, but I don't think like NFL's ever going to add another team. I really don't know where their business model is, and I'm not even going to pretend to know about football. That's more for my brother, Greg. Uh, I don't, I mean, I know T Tim Brittany, I know he plays for Tampa Bay. Um, I know Arian Foster, right? He plays, uh, but yeah. So I know like American sports, the way it is, is you have teams and they play against each other. And then, you know, they play for the championship at the end in Europe. It's very different. And in Europe, they've been doing this hundreds of years or at least a hundred years. They've been doing it for a long time. The MLS is what I think in their 21st season this year. So we have a lot of, well, I, need, I shouldn't even say we, cause I'm not part of the MLS it's not like I did anything to grow the game. So not we, they still have a lot to do to get the talent, the viewership, the sponsorship to a European level. Uh, I mean, I would love that for MLS. So it's, it's, it's very different. And I understand that. But to see the European teams do that... Um, it pissed me off as a fan. I was like, what the fuck? Like, to be honest with you, I wanted to unfollow Barcelona, Man U, um, Real Madrid. In my head, I was like, man, fuck these, fuck these clubs. But then I also ha had to remember, it seemed like a lot of players came out and were against it. So I don't feel, I don't even feel like the, the club owners told their players and their staff like hey look we're gonna do this i mean maybe they did and maybe the players even then were like that sounds stupid um but we don't have to worry about that because it's not happening uh so i don't know to me i was telling jonah frankie and pat and danny i was like it just to me it makes those clubs look even dumber like you had a stupid idea. Okay, I'll give you that. We all have stupid ideas. I have stupid ideas all the fucking time. But then to have one and then back out, I don't know. 
that kind of rubbed me the wrong way too. Like, obviously I didn't want them. I didn't want that league to happen or that competition to happen. But then I don't know. I just thought like, if you're going to do something fucking stupid, go ball, like go balls deep. Like don't, don't half ass it. It was odd. So anyways, uh, not going to happen. So yeah, there's that. What else? Oh, I don't, I think I've told you guys, if I look to the right and you see my arm go like this, it's because I have my show notes on my phone. So I just, I look at it because sometimes like, I don't want to go off track and talk about just anything. Like I want to have some sort of plan when I'm talking to you guys. So it's just not me going, what else are we going to talk about? Sometimes things pop into my head, uh, but I'm not, I'm not ignoring you. I'm trying to make it better for you. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So there's that. What else do I want to share with you guys? Oh, you know, I wanted to tell you guys, I wanted to share something with you guys um, about when I was going through my whole cancer um, situation. I want to tell you guys a story about when they extracted bone marrow from me that was crazy so at one point I think I've told you guys uh, one of the doctors told me I was going to die so for a while I thought I was going to die and then I went to Chicago Rush University and the doctor there told me no man this is what you have like you're going to be fine you're going to do some chemo you're going to do some radiation you're going to be fine you're not going to die I was like, what? So they did a, a, a biopsy of the bone. They got in there and they needed to. Hold on, guys. The fucking camera went out again. We're going to take a quick break. Okay. And we're back. Uh, my Canon camera that I have eats a dick. It only records for about 30 minutes. Uh, sometimes 15 minutes and then it just shuts off. So then I have to take these pauses during the fucking show because <sighs> Hey, Cannon. Fuck you. Okay. Back to the story. So they did a biopsy of my right shoulder. They go in, they scrape, did whatever they needed to do, take some bone stuff, test it in and, um, confirm that I had non-Hodgkin's B-cell diffused lymphoma in my right humerus. So aside from the doctors telling me that I had that, they wanted to make sure that it wasn't in my bone marrow. Uh, Because it's a bone cancer, they wanted to make sure that it was nowhere else in my body. They did a PET scan, which they pump you full of sugar. And then if there's any cancer, the sugar is... It, it gets absorbed, the cancer eats it, and then it, it'll show spots. So then they can go, oh, the cancer's here, 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 here. So I did a PET scan, and it only lit up here. Um, they did other tests, and everything just showed the MRI even. It was just here, this area. So it was good because it was localized. But they just wanted to make sure. So I remember they had to do a full body scan and bone marrow. Uh, extraction. So when I was setting it up, I called, did I call? I feel like I called, even though Allie usually calls and does everything for me. 
um, I'm kind of a child when it comes to that. Like if they're even simple things, she's like, oh, you have to call and do this. Or like, I know I have to do it. And I go, oh, but do you want to call for me? And she, she does. So I love her for doing that. But sometimes I have to grow a pair and fucking do shit on my own. So I believe I scheduled it. Um, for the sake of the story, I called, I, I was being an adult and I scheduled it. And the lady asked me, do you want to do the body scan first? Or do you want to do the bone marrow first? And I said, oh, it doesn't matter. And she goes, mm, it kind of does though. And I went, okay. So she told me, I would suggest you do the body scan first and then the bone marrow uh, extraction. And I went, okay. Then she told me some times and I went, yeah, why don't we just do the bone marrow extraction first and then I'll just, she goes, okay, are you sure? And I went, yeah. I didn't know what the bone marrow extraction was all about because I've never had cancer. I didn't know anybody personally that had cancer. So it's not like I had somebody that I can, hey, so like what happens next? So I just thought like, yeah, let me fucking do it. Like, and she goes, well, you might be in pain because, and I thought, yeah, whatever. How much pain can this be? It's not that fucking bad, right? Guys, one, I was 100% wrong. So I scheduled a bone marrow and then the body scan. So my mom and Allie come with me. My mom flew in from LA to Chicago, I think a day or two before, um, I had to do all these scans and shit. So my mom and Allie are there. And I think I asked, can they come back into the room with me? Because I don't want to be alone. And they said, no, nobody can come back there with you. Because it has to be like as sterile as possible because they're making an incision in my hip. It was in my right hip. I was like, okay. And the nurse was like, ah, you'll be fine. And then, you know, I'm like, I'm trying to play tough, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah I'll be, I'll be fine. So like I started getting nervous because I don't know what it means. I know where bone marrow is, but I'm thinking, okay, but how are they going to get to it? And then at one point I thought, oh, they're probably going to knock me out. No, they gave me local anesthesia. And that was fucking horrific. So I get in and there's two doctors. There's like a doctor who's been doing this for like 30 years. And then there's a doctor who's been doing this, I think, for like 15 years. And, you know, one of them slightly older. Uh, the other guy's younger. But the older doctor, he wasn't like, you know, 80 years old. He was maybe in his 60s, but he looked he looked pretty young. So they tell me, okay. First off, the nurse tells me, don't look at the instruments. And what the fuck do I do? I look right at the tray of instruments and I'm like, oh, that shit looks scary. There was a couple scalpels. There was, um, there was this device that it was like metal and then it had like a crank. And I was like, whoa, what the, is that going on my ass? Very scary. So they tell me, we're going to go in, we're going to extract the bone marrow and then we're going to have to go slightly deeper to get a core sample of your bone and I went okay sure so they lay me on the bed 
and I'm on my side. So now I'm on my side. I'm like kind of like this, right? And they put my leg up. So one leg is all the way straight and the other one's like this, right? The right leg is like this. So I'm up and they put a pillow and they go, you know, are you comfortable? Yeah. So the older doctor says, we're going to, we're going to give you some anesthesia now. Okay. Mind you, at this point, I'm like 260 pounds. I had been doing nothing but eating and drinking like shit when I was off of work. And then when I found out I had cancer, I was like, oh, because they told me I was going to die. Not they. One particular doctor told me I was going to die. I was eating any and everything. And I was, I wasn't getting drunk, but like throughout the day, I'd have like 12 beers. So I was like, why am like, I'm not going to not have beers and pizza and tacos and Ali's mom's uh, lasagna and cookies and candy. And, because if I'm going to be in, in the fucking ground, I want to fuck it. Let's, let's go out. Pew, 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 pew. Guns blazing. Give me all the good stuff. On the flip side, every, <laughs> every time I would eat something, um, like I'd be eating pizza and I'd start crying. <laughs> Oh, this pizza is so good. And now they go, baby, what's wrong? And I go, this is the... Because, again, the doc, the fucking doctor told me I was going to die. So every time I would eat anything, I was like, oh, this is the last time I'm going to eat blank. I'd watch a movie and I'd start crying. What's wrong? It could be the last time I'm watching this fucking movie. The breeze would would hit my face and I'd feel it through my hair. Baby, why are you crying? It could be the last time I'm feeling the breeze. Birds chirping, everything. I became such a huge fucking crybaby. I mean, I'm a, I'm still a huge crybaby now. Uh, if you guys listen to the episode with the boys uh, at the end of the episode, even though there wasn't any video, uh, we were crying. I was definitely crying. Um, you know, I get emotional and stuff uh, with things now. So I'm laying down and they tell me, you know, you're going to, we're going to give you some anesthesia and we're going to give you a little more because you're slightly bigger. And I went, okay, cool. So I give it. And then, you know, they walk away, they're talking and the nurse tells me, you know, are you, are you okay? Everything is okay. Yeah. Yeah. Every, everything's fine. Okay. So the doctor comes over and, and rubs the spot. They just injected the anesthesia in. and he goes, how does it feel? And I go, eh, it feels good. He goes, can you feel anything? And I said, no. So the young doctor, the younger doctor says, we should give him more. And the older doctor says, no, he's fine. And I kind of look up and I go, hey man, how about you give me more? And he goes, no, I think you've had enough. And I went, mm, but give me more. They don't give me more. Okay. So he goes, okay, here we go. We're going to start the process. So I can't see anything. I'm, I'm here and they're working down here. And the nurse is holding my hand and she's being very, very sweet. So they cut. So he's like, okay, we're going to make the incision. They cut. And now they start putting this rod. It's like this big. Maybe about 
a pencil wide? No, smaller than a pencil. Pencil's too big. Maybe like a cord. Like size of a cord. But it's a metal thing. It's like this. They start going down. They go not too far down. And my leg that's, you know, up twitches. And the doctor goes, hey, don't move. And I went, uh, I felt something that hurt. And he goes, wait, you, f you feel this? And I went, yeah, I feel something. And he goes, you shouldn't be feeling it. And I go, but I feel it. Just because I shouldn't be feeling it doesn't mean that I'm not feeling it. And he goes, oh, uh, maybe we should give you uh, a little bit of, a little bit more anesthesia. And I went, uh, yeah, okay. So they give me more. They wait a couple minutes. And then he goes, okay, you shouldn't feel anything. And I said, okay, well, you said I shouldn't feel the first thing. And I did. So I was getting a little mouthy because I'm nervous and I'm scared. So, you know, they keep going and my leg moves again. And I'm not, I'm not moving it on purpose. It's like, it's involuntarily twitching because I feel some pain and it's like, whoa. So the doctor tells me again, Hey, don't move your leg. And I said, Hey man, I'm not trying to, but it hurts. And he goes, well, but you shouldn't. And I said, well, are we going to argue with the thing in my leg or what? So the other doctor, the younger doctor can tell that I'm getting pissed. So he goes, hey, Jesse, uh, just take a deep breath. I'm going to give you a little more. And then I hear the older doctor go, uh, I think he's had enough. And the younger doctor doesn't say anything. He just does it. So then now I don't feel it, right? They get to my bone with the, with the, with the thing, with a metal rod. I feel that metal rod on my bone. The moment it hits my bone my leg almost like goes straight and the doctor again goes don't move and i said hey man this fucking hurts don't tell me what what and what to do and what not to do I said i'm trying not to move my leg but it fucking hurts and he goes wait did you feel that on your bone and i said yes do you think i just moved my leg for fun so he was shocked and he just kept saying, you shouldn't be feeling this. And I was just like, again, you would, I shouldn't be feeling it, but, but I'm feeling it. So I'm like, it fucking hurts. And the nurse, she's telling me, she's like, Jesse, just take a deep breath. It's okay. And I go, yeah, I know. But the guy, he's telling me that the fuck. So now I'm getting like hot because, you know, I'm flustered. I have an incision. There's a fucking metal rod in me. So then he tells me, okay, oh, I remember seeing a mallet and he goes, okay, we're going to, we're going to have to break through the bone. And I went, okay. He goes, this might hurt. And I go, you think into my fucking bone and I hear it and I'm feeling it. I don't feel it completely or maybe I did I don't it fucking hurt like hell boom, boom, boom. I went oh my god oh I'm like I'm tensing I'm trying to keep that area relaxed but my hands are like this and I'm just sweat is pouring down me just and the nurse it's okay just take a deep breath and I'm like 
just heavy breathing. I feel it when they go, let's say this is, here's the bone, here's the bone, then here's where the marrow is in the middle of your bone. I feel him break through. And then he, the doctor goes, okay, we're in. He goes, okay, this is going to feel really weird. Okay. He's like, we're going to have to extract the bone marrow. So they suck it out. Oh, even that was painful. It was the weirdest fucking feeling in the world. He's just. So then the doctor says, okay, now we're going to have to go in and take a core sample. So now as he's in there, I feel him touch the other side of the bone. And then I feel him tick, my leg again, like whoop. And then he starts like, like a hand powered drill. Oh, and I'm the agony. Oh, it hurts so bad. It hurts so bad. And then they go, okay, we got it. So they pull it out. They put the gauze thing. And the doctor says, okay, we're going to check to make sure we got the core sample big enough, right? Yeah, you guessed it. The doctor says, uh-oh. And I lift my head and I said, what was that? And he goes, uh, he's about to say something. And then the younger doctor goes, we didn't get enough. We have to go in and try one more time. So I look at the younger doctor. I'm like, my ass, you know, my, my ass cheek is out. My daily. And I look at the younger doctor and I said, listen, man, you have one more fucking try. If you can't do this shit, you're, you're knocking me out. Cause I don't want to feel this anymore. This fucking sucks. And he goes, Jesse, I understand. Um, I'm going to give you some more, uh, lidocaine, whatever it is that they were pumping me with. I'm going to give you more. Don't worry. The other doctor goes, I think he's had enough. The doctor again, doesn't fucking pay attention. And then I look at him and I go, Hey man, are you, is this happening to you or me? He doesn't say anything. And I said, that's what I thought. Let him pump me with whatever he wants. I don't want to feel it. Pit and pissed and fucking sweating, sweating, sweating. So they go in again. I don't feel anything until again, the metal rod hits the bone, my leg again. I like, then he goes, okay. So they break through, they go in, they go to the other side and then they're granted. I'm not hearing any of this. I'm just feeling it. Oh, the pain. And then the younger doctor goes, Okay, I think we got it. And I look over at him and I say, you better make sure you fucking have it. I don't want, you're not going in again. So I think he gives it a couple more twists just to be on the safe side. They pop it out. And I hear him go, we, we got more than enough. Perfect. So they stitch me up and they let me look at the, at the, at the sample, um, however big the sample is. It was like a grain of rice, very small. And I went, all that shit it, for that pain that I'm feeling? He goes, yeah, I mean, it's not, visually it's not a lot. He goes, but it causes a lot of pain, obviously. So now I'm walking out. So they stitch me up. I'm walking out and I'm limping. 
because it, I mean, I have two little holes in my bone where my hip is. So I'm, you know, walking and I get to Allie and my mom and they're like, are you all right? I'm like, no, this sucks. Then I realized why the lady, um, when I was uh, making the appointment, why she told me to do the full body scan first. The full body scan is you have to lay down perfectly still for about 45 minutes. You can't move. Because the camera just goes up and down, up and down, up and down, takes all kinds of pictures. So I, I can't be moving. So I'm limping in and I get there and the lady goes, the nurse, helping me out, she goes, oh, did you just, did you have another procedure? And I went, yeah. She goes, what'd you have? And I said, I had a bone marrow extraction. And she went, oh, oh, okay. So now she's worried that I'm going to be uncomfortable, which... God bless her soul. She put extra pillows for me on the table or on the bed, for lack of a better word. Whatever bed thing I was supposed to lay in, she put extra cushioning where uh, where my hip was going to be uh, because of what I just did. So I'm I'm sitting there. And I think the first five minutes. Oh, they they put an IV in me, and then they're you know pumping me full of shit and. And I'm laying there and I'm like, oh God. So I start kind of moving because it's, it's uncomfortable. So uncomfortable because there's a hole there. So the lady goes, Hey, look, if you can't do it today, you know, you're going to have to come back. And in my head, I'm like, I'm not fucking coming back again. Like, let's just knock this out. And I totally said, look, I'm so sorry. Let me try and let me try to contain my wiggles. So she goes, okay. She's like, but if you can't, I said, I understand, uh, but let me try. So I did. I stayed there. You know, I, I laid there as still as possible. And fuck, man, it was, it sucked. Um, you know, but I got through it. And then, you know, we got in the car. And then, you know, I got home and I'm, you know, on my side and had ice on it. It sucked so bad, guys. So the moral of the story, the moral of the story is if you can avoid getting cancer, do it because cancer fucking blows. Not that you can, I mean, there's things that you can do to avoid it, but I mean, I got it and nobody in my immediate family ever had it. So I was a lucky one to just boom. And funny enough, a year before I got diagnosed with it. I was at a gym in Houston and there was a guy, there was an older gentleman. He was like 65, I think mid sixties. Um, I mean, he was ripped just boom. And I had seen him there a couple times. And then, you know, you go to the gym and you see some people like regular people. And, um, you know, I said hi to him here and there. And then I got to talk to him one day and I said, oh, what do you do? And he goes, uh, oh, I have my own construction business and, you know, I've been doing that forever and I retired and then I came out of retirement and he goes, I run marathons and I do triathlons and this. And I was like, oh, wow, that's awesome. And then in talking to him, he goes, when I was, I think he 52 or 53, he, he got testicular cancer. And I went, oh, shit. 
wow. So he's, yeah, I went through the whole thing. Like, I'm good now. Um, you know, I live a active, healthy lifestyle. And I said, oh, that's, that's great. He goes, what advice would you give, you know, a younger person? And he goes, my advice to you, if you're trying not to get cancer, is do whatever the fuck you want, eat whatever the fuck you want, and drink whatever the fuck you want. And I went, huh? And he said, I've never smoked, I've never done any drugs, and I've never drank a sip of alcohol. And I got cancer. And I went, what? And he goes, yeah, you know, like, as you're growing up, they tell you, hey, don't do this, don't do that, because if you do this, it's going to lead to that, and this, and this, this, and that. And if you're healthy, nothing's ever going to happen to you. He goes, it's all fucking bullshit. That took me by surprise. I was like, wait, how does that happen? He goes, it's just, they don't know how you get cancer. Super healthy people get it and super not healthy people get it. It's a fucking roll of the dice. I went, whoa. And then when I got diagnosed with it, the doctor at Rush University, he told me the same thing. I said, so what caused my cancer? Is it because I work on the plane? Is it because this or that? And he goes, Jesse, if I knew that, I'd have the Nobel Peace Prize and I'd be the richest man in the world. He's like, but we don't know how people and why people get it all the time. He goes, if we knew that, then we can, we would work to stop it. He goes, but we don't fucking know. It just happens. It happens again. He told me the same thing that other guy told me. It happens to people that you would think might get it because of their lifestyle and the bad choices they make. And then it happens to people that you would never think because they do all the right things. That's really weird. Yeah. So that's uh, another part of my cancer story for you guys. I want to share that. What else? That's all. That's all I want to talk to you guys about. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening this week. I appreciate it. Uh, I might do a couple uh, solo podcasts coming up just because I want it to be a little intimate. Just you and me together. Uh, yeah. Again, guys, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for following me. Make sure you follow me on uh, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, and Facebook. I'll put all the stuff that you need to know in the uh, description of the show, and then you guys can find me. Um, all right. Oh, and next week, I'm going to go see AJ and Megan and see Alexi and Noel and meet Colette. So I'm super Super, super excited for that. Uh, yeah, so this week uh, we're going to go out with a little more original music. Uh, let's go with... Don't know what that kind of music is, but I'm making it up. The Jesus Show, not that one. Bye.